Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, would you turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we're going to be looking at chapter 14, uh, verses 13 through 21, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 to, through 21. And if you would, would you stand with me this morning? Uh, the Word of God is holy, and so we're going to stand in honor to God, uh, open ourselves up in another word of prayer, and just have God lead our time together. Father, uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for what you have already done. Uh, what an awesome, awesome time of worship. Uh, what a great time of testimony. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging us and uh, for building our faith. God, like I said in the beginning, I really believe, Lord, that you are not done with us yet and that for many of us, we are getting ready to launch into a new season. Uh, what the devil meant for evil, God, you have used it for good. And we are here and uh, we are standing and we are pro proclaiming uh, the goodness of God. And uh, God, we just praise you and thank you uh, for what you have done and for what you're about to do. And so, Lord, we pray to, to, that you would speak to your people, allow your word to enter our minds and our hearts. And not only that, but Lord, but the, to allow the word of God to change us eternally. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. So listen, we live in a world full of technological advances. No name in this arena is as iconic as Steve Jobs. Now, Joe, uh, Jobs passed away in 2011, but when he was living, we know that Steve was well known as a wealthy and very influential person in the business arena. And as the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Apple Computers, his leadership helped Apple become a success story. Some of you uh, have an item that he developed maybe on you this morning. And so later, we know that he single-handedly was credited with revitalizing the company after its sharp decline. And see, when it came to technology, Steve Jobs, he was a visionary. And uh, some would even say that he was a creative genius, always pushing the envelope and thinking outside of the box in, in many different ways. For example, when Jobs announced the original iPhone as a combination of three revolutionary projects at the time, it was going to be a cell phone, an iPod, and a handheld computer that was way ahead of his time. People didn't even know what to think of that, and even he didn't fully know what he had just unleashed on a world market. Once Apple introduced, uh, uh, and once Apple introduced the Apple uh, Store and opened it up to outside uh, developers, the iPhone that we know today literally became capable of performing almost any single or cumulative task for us. In fact, uh, that's exactly what an app is. Anybody know what an app is? You have them on your phone. If you've got a smartphone, apps all over the place. An app is a, a piece of software that is basically broken up into all kinds of little pieces or individual applications. Uh, some of you are familiar with iTunes or Spotify. Let, well, let's stick to iTunes. We know that iTunes took full music albums and made, made uh 
each song an individual download. Uh, some of you have uh, had a yard sales or have bins in your storages full of CDs or cassettes or things of, you might even have an eight track if you're of that age and you don't need those anymore because you can go on, a, uh, on an application store, on an app store and download an app and get, a, a, at the touch of a finger, you can get music, right? Instead of buying the whole album like we used to, you can purchase a single song. Instead of buying a physical copy, we can own a streamed or a, a digital version of an album or of a song. Now, I get it. I know that, that vinyl is actually making a comeback. Have you seen some of the records and the artwork in the stores? Uh, my son and the, the, the younger generation are actually getting into it, and I can only laugh because I remember when that was the thing, right? Uh, some of you, you, you know, you, you would date yourself. You, you had the different size records. You had the little ones. I believe you had to put that little plastic thing in the middle or else it went flying all over the place, right? And so today, there are over one million applications uh, on the Apple App Store and even Android users benefit from apps for their devices too, adding to the competition between Android and Apple, right? Both camps. And so right now you can say there's an app for that, right? For almost anything that you want to do in life, both technically and creatively. And, and that is actually the premise of what I want to share with you this morning. There's an app for that. See, yesterday I had the privilege of serving, like Brian said, with some very amazing volunteers at our 10th annual Operation Backpack. Can you believe we've been doing it for 10 years? Uh, the only year we took off was the year that COVID broke out and nobody was doing anything. Uh, but aside from that, 10 years of doing this outreach with, you know, just great volunteers every single year. And I'm always amazed, they, they kind of pick on me because I look at the physical and the natural like some of you and I allow it to impact what I see. And so I saw very few volunteers signed up. I saw very few volunteers at the event and I was like, this is going to be interesting today. This is how are we going to do this? And to the glory of God with less volunteers than we've had in the past for setup, we were done set up by 1030. All right, we usually never get done till 11.30. And so 10.30, everything was set, ready to go. Glory to God. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, team. Uh, just awesome, awesome, awesome. It is amazing what we can do, what God can do with a small group of people who come together to use their God-given talents and gifts. Of course, that got me kind of thinking about the gift of life. We are blessed uh, with a life this morning that we can choose to use in so many different ways. See, we've been blessed with this one life and God has created you and God has created me to, to have an impact in this world, to, to be significant, a significant person, child of God in the world that we live in. In fact, Jesus Christ teaches us that the key to having the greatest impact in our world is to actually give our lives away to give your life away. You want to have great impact for Jesus, give your life away. The Bible teaches us that uh, those who follow Christ have been given 
at least one spiritual gift to use in and through their lives to serve others for the glory of God. Now, listen, it might, your gift might be leadership this morning. Your gift might be helps or encouragement. Your gift might be administration or giving. Uh, it could even be in the arts or in teaching. I am so glad that we are not all the same. I am so glad that some of you bring things to the table that I don't possess. And, and guess what? By bringing it to the table, you make me, you make us better. I think that's how God orchestrated it, don't you? That we would need one another, that we strengthen one another. We like to say, together we're better. You're going to hear me say that a lot. Uh, but whatever it is, whatever your gift is this morning, and some of you would say, Pastor Freddie, I have no clue what my gift is. I have no idea what, listen, you've got a gift. We, we can definitely help you to, to, to kind of narrow in on it, but you've got a gift this morning. We have a supernatural gift and a capacity to develop that, that ability so that we can have an impact on the kingdom of God through our local church. In fact, I, I would say this very boldly this morning. That one of the reasons that, that the idea of being a lone ranger uh, is not good is that it's not biblical. It is, listen, we absolutely need each other. We have been given gifts and talents to use for the glory of God, like I said. Gifts and talents to use in the church. Gifts and talents to use in the body of Christ. Gifts and talents to use in the, in the world that we live. And when you choose to go at it alone, listen, when you choose to go at it alone, because people do it all the time, it is actually like being homeless or disconnected. When you choose to do the Lone Ranger thing, it is actually like being homeless or disconnected. And listen, I also believe very strongly that Satan, the devil, he loves, he loves to see homeless and disconnected followers of Christ living outside of community, living without any kind of accountability or leadership or discipleship structure. He loves that. We've already got a target on our backs, but when we're outside of community, he can really get you. Today we're going to explore a simple idea that we've looked at before that I've developed since is, is that you this morning, you are one of God's apps. You are actually one of God's apps and God wants to develop you as an app for impact. Let's see what Jesus had to say about it from our text. Let's go there. Matthew 14, beginning at uh, verse uh, 13, but before I say that, Matthew 14 actually starts out with the account of John the Baptist literally being beheaded by King Herod. And then this gospel records a very special miracle that took place, and that is the miracle we're going to reference this morning. In fact, the miracle we're going to talk about is the only, say only, it is the only miracle that's recorded in all four of the gospels, all right? Aside from the resurrection, it's the only miracle recorded in all four. And so apparently it's, imp it's important event for us to know and definitely God does not want us to miss out on it. And the miracle is the feeding of the 5,000. How many of you have heard or read about the feeding of the 5,000, right? The Bible says, beginning at verse 13, that as soon as Jesus heard the news about John the Baptist, what news? That he had just been beheaded, right? He left in a boat to a remote area to be alone, but the crowds heard where he, Jesus, was headed, 
And they followed him on foot from many towns. And so they were coming from everywhere. They heard about Jesus and they want to be where he is or near where he is. Verse 14 says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped off from the boat and he had compassion on them and he did what Jesus does. One of the many things is he healed their sick, right? Verse 15, that evening the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's already getting late, Master. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and, and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. What did he say? You feed them. But we, we, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. They answered. What did Jesus say? Bring them here. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass and Jesus took the, the five loaves and the two fish and he actually looked up to heaven and he blessed them. And then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. Verse 20, and guess what? From five loaves and two fish, what does the scripture say? They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Anybody do leftovers? Right? Unless you're spoiled. <laughs> uh, listen, I, we went out to dinner one time with these people, and, she, and the, uh, the lady that was with us, she took two bites and was going to throw it away. And I was just like, are you serious? Oh, yeah, I don't do leftovers. Okay. <laughs> there were 12 baskets of leftovers for them on that day. And it said that about 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all of the women and children. So it could have been 10,000. It could have been 12,000. It could have been 15,000. Regardless of, of what the amount might be, we know that five loaves and two fish that were blessed by who? God or Jesus went a, a very long way. See, I believe it's because in, in that one miracle, there are principles that you and I can know today. It's a, it's, it's a matter of fact that this miracle is recorded in every single gospel for a reason. Why did the Holy Spirit, uh, who inspired the writing of the whole entire Bible, want that in every single biography of Christ? Again, there are th three principles that I believe God wants to speak directly into our, into our lives from the scripture. And I want to go there. If you've got a, a pencil and want to write down some notes, this would be the number one principle you are the app for that you're the app for that is number one that's the first principle when there's a need say need when there's a need when there's a concern and when there's something that God wants to do in and around the world you are the app for that I'm not getting it pastor Freddie I know listen the people in this story were hungry ever been hungry some of you are hungry right now. They Listen, they needed to be fed. What did Jesus say to the disciples? You feed them. You're my app. And listen, people are still hungry today. If you've watched the news, if you watch for people around you, maybe even some of your friends and loved ones, uh, there are all kinds of things that maybe they may, might not be uh, physically hungry, but there is a spiritual hunger that exists all around you. Uh, the people that you live with, the people that you work with, the people that you see from day to day, our world is filled with people who have a great hunger. And listen, that hunger can only 
only be fed by the bread of life. And he has a name this morning. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. We know that, that, that people are hungry for peace. We know that people are hungry for hope and they are hungry for love and so much more. Again, we have the bread of life. He's the one that can feed them. He's the one that can take what we offer to him and he can bless it. Aren't you glad when God takes something that you, that you think is small and he blesses it? He expands it. He makes it greater. I want to share this. One day a woman came up to her pastor after a service and said, Pastor, I, I've just had a real breakthrough this morning. The pastor was feeling pretty proud of himself, thinking that it was his sermon that really broke through to her, and it really it wasn't. She said, no, it wasn't your sermon. See, see, as I was driving away from church last week, actually, I said to my husband, you know, the church, it really ought to do more with younger teens, and it really ought to do more with preteens. And, and so, they're, listen, they're not quite old enough to go to youth group yet, but they, they've definitely outgrown kids' church, and so they really, ought, they really ought to do something about that. They. That's a mystery word, that they. The lady said that as soon as uh, uh, the wor words came out of her mouth, it hit her. We are the they. You are the they. Listen, she was right. We are the apps for what God wants to do on planet earth and in this church, in your community, wherever God has planted you. If you are looking for someone else to come to the rescue, I'm here to tell you this morning that God has planted you in your community. God has planted you in your family. God has planted you right where you are. And sometimes we despise it. Sometimes we look down upon it. Sometimes we want God to see us through the journey and the season that we're in we want to get out of this thing it's kind of like what we alluded to last week that God wants us to engage the culture God placed you in Rochester New Hampshire in Barrington New Hampshire wherever you live God has placed you there to engage the culture to engage your community to engage the people around you he's got you on mission whether you realize it or not you are the they you are the for that God really wants to use us all of us we often don't think that way though see did you catch the first thing that the, the disciples actually said to Jesus when this was all, all going on they basically said uh, Jesus master we we have nothing to offer there's nothing that we can do. Send them away. They, I mean, we've only got this little. Send them away. Let them go feed themselves. Uh, you know, this is, uh, Master, this is way beyond us. It, it's bigger than we are. It's more than we can handle. Have you ever been there where you felt that what you're going through or what you possess is more? or is, is not as much as you need or that it's more than you can handle or that you don't possess the talent that you need to break through on a situation. See, one of the biggest breakdowns in human life is that kind of that self-realization that we are human, that we can only do so much. And of course, the enemy will use it, right? Some of you have heard in your life, depending on your upbring upbringing, uh, that you are worthless, that you will never amount to anything, that you will never accomplish anything in your life. Maybe even, sadly, somebody told you that you were stupid and, and that you, it's just it's, nothing's going to happen through your life. And that is the biggest lie from the pit of hell. 
Listen, no matter how broken your past was, no, ba- no matter how messed up or dysfunctional your home was growing up, if you put your hands in the life of God, God will transform you. God will make you into a new person. God will give you a fresh start. God will help you to see that, you know what, your past didn't break you. Your past didn't ruin you. Your past, actually, if you put it in the hands of God, it will make you stronger. It will give you the ability to see things a little differently. See, before you went through your past, you didn't have a real point of reference. Now you've got a point of reference. We have this view that God says, you're it. But we say, no, I'm not. God says, you're, you're the one I want to send. But we say, no, I'm not. God says, you're the way I want to solve this. You're the way I want to fix this. You're the way I want to accomplish this. But we say, no, I'm not. This is exactly why we need this, this principle. You're the app for that. See, when it comes down to what God wants to do in the world and in this church even, you're the app. There is no plan B. I remember hearing this at a a young age, and I was like, well, I've always got a backup plan. What are you talking about? There is no plan B. Did you know, and if you didn't know, you're hearing it for for the first time, you, in your life, in your situation, there are people that God has placed in your path, in your journey, that only you can reach. There are lives that, that if you don't step out in faith and in obedience, that if you don't touch them, no one else may, not in the way that you were meant to. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say there, there is no plan B. Listen, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, whether you know it or not, there is a call of God on your life. And that call is to be a part of Christ's mission on this planet while you are here. Your life is not a waste. You're not losing out on anything, but you've got to dedicate and devote your life to what God's mission is for you. And listen, I do mean his mission and his cause. See, make no mistake about it. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus gave us the clearest and most direct mission. It is a mission for all of us here this morning. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Aren't you glad he's with us always? Hallelujah. Listen, the mission is so clear. It's so direct, so compelling. It's known as the Great Commission. And today, God is once again inviting all of us to be a part of it. And I know what goes through your mind sometimes. It's like, Pastor, I haven't been to Bible college. Pastor, I have a speech impediment. Pastor, I just don't have the the testimony even. I I don't have anything to look to. Listen, if you are breathing and you have a life and you are here this morning, you have a story and God wants to use you and your story to minister for him to pursue that mission that he has for you and so there's no excuse we're all called and we all should be on mission you are the app for that what is it that God is doing look around the world what is he what is he doing first and foremost he's reclaiming a lost world back to himself 
He sees that human lives are lost in darkness. These lives are spent up apart from a relationship with him. And therefore, he wants to bring grace and he wants to bring forgiveness and he wants to bring restoration and reconciliation. He wants to bring new beginnings. He wants to bring new identities to these lives. He wants to give them health and healing and wholeness and meaning. He wants to restore marriages. He wants to strengthen families. He wants to give us a, a sense of calling into each and every life. And most of all, he wants to change their destiny. See, Jesus is on a mission to save people from the peril of darkness that lasts for all eternity in hell. But that's not all. Within this great commission, rooted in the creation narrative itself, is a cultural commission. And so God wants to advance his kingdom in all areas of life, in our education systems, in our judicial systems, and in media. Listen, there is a world market out there that, listen, I know that we are in the world, but not of it. But I'm telling you that God has placed us here to engage the culture. And so we need Christian mayors, and we need Christian senators, and we need Christian governors. We need people in places of power and position to declare the works of God and to work his kingdom here on earth. Amen. God is working. God, he wants to move us. God is on the march against poverty. God is still on the march against disease and homelessness and addiction and crime. He's declared war on racism and abuse and oppression and injustice. There's a culture of life written into each and every page of the Bible telling us that God is on the side of the weak on, and on the side of the unprotected. He's with the orphan. He's with the widow. He's with the infant. He's with the infirmed. And his mission includes us. You and me, serving him in the church and in the world, you're the app for that. Listen, you can give your life to a lot of things. You can. Things that don't promote the cause of Christ. You can serve in countless areas that don't build up his church. But the Lord is calling you even now to use your gifts and talents for his kingdom. See, your spiritual gifts were given for one sole purpose. That purpose is, is bifold, is building up the body of Christ and, and for advancing his mission. And there are 10,000 things, like I said, that are worthwhile, good and noble that you could invest in this morning. But there's only one church, amen? Amen. The church of Jesus Christ. There's only one mission to go into all the world. There's only one cause that matters the most. Don't confuse it with anything else. And so get that principle down inside of you today. God has unleashed a revolution on this planet and you are the app for that. So listen, serve Christ wherever he leads you and wherever he plants you. Number two, this is important. God is the power for your app. God is the power. Say power. One more time. Say power. God is the power for your app. I'm not going to lie. I'm tired this morning. I, uh, I tweaked my back with one of those inflatables, and uh, it's, it's not at 100%, so I covet your prayers. Uh, but I'm so glad for his power this morning. I'm so glad that we were able to get up this morning and get to church. It's because of the power of God that you're here this morning. It's because of the power of God that you are able to provide for your family, that you've been able to do all of the things that you do because God is the power for your app. Listen, when God says you're the app for this, that doesn't mean that you're on your own. Aren't you glad that you're not on your own? 
Somebody needs to be reminded of that. You are not alone. It may feel like it, but you are not alone. You are never alone. It means that God is choosing to use us as an app, and so he gets to empower us. I don't know about you if you've ever been out and about and you forgot to charge your phone. I'm an iPhone user. Some of you are Android users. But let me tell you what, it's just a brick without power. It's just a device without power. What good is a dead phone? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't have much use. I'm so glad that God is the power for our app. See, God is the power for your app, and his power takes, uh, takes what you bring and what you offer and what you do, and he actually multiplies it in ways that only he can. Again, he's the power for your app. Do you really think, I want you to think about this this morning, Simple, simple simplify it for you. Do you really think this morning that Jesus needed the loaves and the fish to feed all of those people. I want you to think about that. Did he need five loaves and two fish to feed all of those people? I mean, he's the creator of the universe. So does he seriously need your fish and chips? Does he seriously need uh, what, you know, the, 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 the little things that we try to hold on to? Because if we let them go, they'll never. Listen, God doesn't need any of that. He's the power for your app. Why? So why did he ask? Why, why, do we, why would he ask his disciples for what they had? He asked that, that of them because he wanted people to see when they brought what they had to the table that he would bring what he had to the table. Right? Or when they offered to serve with their lives, he would bring his life and his power into play. And so listen, when it comes to God working in our lives, most of us are waiting for God to do something for us. But did you ever think that God might be wanting to do something through you? Because he does. You're the app for that. And he gives the power for your app. Listen, I mean, what, what, what do you have right now? that Jesus is maybe asking you to bring to him. But maybe you think that that thing is insignificant. Or maybe you think he won't show up when you step out in faith. Or, or maybe you feel like your app isn't good enough. Your life isn't good enough. What you have isn't good enough. And so you're just going to keep it to yourself because God couldn't possibly use this, this area. God couldn't possibly use me in this way. Is Jesus calling you to give him your gifts and talents and abilities today? And I'll say this, your money your prayers, your time. Do you have the gift of helps and, and you think that if you try to help somewhere or someone that, that it won't matter or that somehow God won't use you? Listen, if that's how you're living, you're gonna miss out on the miracle of multiplication. See, it's a God thing, but it's a, a God thing that you and I can experience and that you were meant to experience. See, when John tells that same story, I told you this miracle is in all four of the gospels, all right? And so in the Gospel of John, when John tells the same story of the feeding of the 5,000, he adds an interesting line that can't be overlooked right after Jesus asked Philip where they could buy bread to feed all of the people. Jesus is asking Philip, seriously, where, where can we go buy bread? Do you think that Jesus didn't know? He, he was, the scripture even says he was testing Philip for he already knew. In verse 6, he says he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. In the message paraphrase, that says, Jesus said this 
to stretch their faith. He said this to stretch their faith. And I think God, God this morning is speaking to us and saying, you've got a talent. You've got a gift. You've got an ability. You're sitting on it. You're hiding it. Maybe you've used it before and it's been declined. It's been dismissed. It's been overlooked. And so some have said, I'll never do that again. I'll, I'll never put myself out there again. Because all that, that they do is reject me. Anybody ever been the victim of rejection? Jesus knows. He can take whatever you've been rejected in and he can use it. He can. He'll say, use it to stretch your faith. Uh, think about that. God already knows what he's going to do through you when you bring him what you have. And so listen, when you use your gifts, when you use your talents and abilities, uh, when you serve and sacrifice your time, Jesus is just waiting to see if you'll actually bring him something. And when you do it, I'm telling you, it's going to be multiplied. It's going to be empowered again. God is the power for your app. God is the power for your situation. God is the power of your life. In fact, using your gifts and talents is not just for the benefit of others. It's also... Listen, when you use your gift or talent or ability, it's for your benefit too. Uh, that's going to lead us to principle number three. Listen, number three is your app plus God's power equals impact. Your app plus God's power equals impact. I, wanna, I want you to think about what happened in verse 20. Go, go back there again. Verse 20 of our text, Matthew 14. It says, they all ate... As much as they wanted, all-you-can-eat buffet. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. I'm going to put you on, on the spot this morning. Anybody like a buffet still, even after COVID? Well, some of you are like half-hearted. You're like, I don't know if I should put my hand up. Listen. Bless it in the name of Jesus and eat. You can tell I do that, don't you? <laughs> Listen, when you put what you have in the hands of God, he multiplies it. At the end, you'll have more than enough. Not only were, two, were thousands of people fed, there were 12 basketful of leftover. I'm pretty sure the disciples ate very well for themselves after the people ate. See, when you use your gifts and talents for the glory of God, uh, the power of God has a way of impacting everyone near it. Does your life ever experience that kind of production? that kind of yield, that kind of outcome, wouldn't it be nice if it did, if it didn't? See, a life that has impact is a life that has launched itself into the great revolution that God has unleashed on this planet by serving Christ where he leads you and where he plants you. And so listen, when you give your gifts, when you give your resources, your time, your sweat, and most of all, your servant's heart to Christ's mission, God will show up every single time. He will show up every single time. He empowers your efforts. He multiplies your results. He works through you in ways that only he can work. 
And so God's favor and blessing result in huge impact on the world for Jesus. And the results are beyond what you can imagine. Your app plus God's power equals great impact. I'll say today, there are two kinds of lives that you can live. The first life uh, that ends with it ends with nothing more than what you started with because you never gave yourself or your talents away. That's the first life you can live. That type of life is lived on the sidelines or on the bleachers, watching, not participating. You're afraid to be hurt again. You're afraid that you're going to be rejected. You're afraid that if you'll use that thing, that nothing will come of it. Honestly, that kind of life is meaningless. It's meaningless. You're, you're missing out. These people are born with five loaves and two fish, and they die with five loaves and two fish. They think that fish and chips is everything, but there's another life that you can live. Worship team, come. There's another life that you can live. It's a life where you give yourself away. See, in, in this kind of life, God shows up. God will multiply things in ways that only he can. He, he gives this kind of life significance, the weight and the impact that it was always meant to have. And because multiplication is amazing. If you say you're, you want your money to, to advance or, or to build up by addition or multiplication, which one would you choose? I want it multiplied. Your gifts, your talents, I want it multiplied. The blessings of God, I, I want them multiplied. In this kind of life, again, God shows up. God shows up. And so which life do you want this morning? In his book, The Volunteer Revolution, Bill Hybels talks about how someone once asked him if he felt awkward about asking people to give their lives to God and to serve the church's mission. He responded, during the next few months, you're going to meet people who stand at drill presses for 10 hours a day, five or six days a week. When they go home at night, few of them uh, sense any kind of pleasure, meaning, or purpose in life. They're, they're godly, conscientious people, and they feel thankful for their jobs. But they don't really find satisfaction in their souls at the drill press working nine to five. There might be people who work in real estate or they're showing properties all the time, helping families to get into a new home. But even they don't arrive home at the end of the night feeling a deep inner sense of joy because of their latest showing. They might even, even be insurance salespeople. They've been selling uh, policies for over 20 years and, and they're grateful for what insurance does. But at the end of the day, selling one more insurance policy isn't likely to float their emotional boat. There are car dealers out there, stockbrokers, bricklayers, police officers, plumbers, who despite their commitment to their craft, are honest to admit that their secular vocation does not offer enough meaning to satisfy the deeper needs that stir in their souls. Listen, we were each created with a void inside of us. And how many of you know that Jesus is the only one who can fill that void? Jesus is the only one who can fill that void. At the end of it, at the end of it, uh, uh, Bill Hybel said he looked this person in the eye and said, you and I get to invite these people, people like you this morning, to be used by God in ways that they never imagined. 
we have the opportunity to empower them to develop their gifts, gifts they didn't even know they had. We, can get, we get to cheer them on uh, as they courageously go into areas and try things they've never tried before for the kingdom of God. And we get to see the look on their faces when they realize God used them to touch another human being. Listen, yesterday as we were giving out those backpacks, I'm telling you there is nothing like the joy of watching a child with a smile after receiving one of those backpacks or the joy of a family going through and, and just feeling blessed. We had several testimonies come in that uh, the people were just like, we love this event. Every single year we feel so blessed and so refreshed and, and loved. That's what happens when you use your talents and abilities for Jesus. There's that on the receiving end and the giving. And listen, in January, this past January, we celebrated 10 years as a church. And some of you during that time, you said to God, use me wherever there's a need. Lord, help me to advance the mission of this church. And I love it. I love all of the, those individuals that have done that. You're working for Jesus. Many of you have found that God has used you in incredible ways over the past few months. And, and for you, the adventure has begun. But there are others who have not yet stepped out. You're a little hesitant. Maybe you're healing right now. Whatever your situation is, whatever has prevented you from, from, from stepping out and trusting God with what you have, I want you to know this morning that we're praying for you and that we're believing that through your healing and through this time that you will get to a place where you recognize that you're the app for impact, that God wants to use your life. Your life is not a waste. Your talent is not wasted and doesn't need to be. God wants to use you for his kingdom. Let's stand to our feet and close in prayer. Father, Thank you so much this morning for what you are doing in the lives of your people. And Lord, I know that, that, that everyone is in a different place. I know people that have come to us and they have been burned out. They have been in that place where they have served for years and, and maybe they need a break. And that's good. That's healthy to, to have a little bit of a break, but it's not healthy to live there. You've created us on purpose and for a purpose. So once we heal, Lord, I believe it's your I believe it's your plan to have us to launch out again. I believe many of us here this morning, we just need to trust you. That Lord, although we feel inadequate, although we feel like maybe we don't measure up, like my talent doesn't measure up to, to their talent, or they can sing and I can't, they can teach and I can't, they can do this and I can't. It's not about that. It's about putting the little that we have in the hands of a supernatural God knowing that he can multiply, he can bless, he can transform if you'll just trust him. And so Lord, help us this morning. Help us this morning. I believe here, standing here this morning, there are those that are gonna step up. They're gonna help in media. They're gonna help with our sound. I believe we've got some teachers here that, that Lord, we need help in kids' church. We, we have some things that we would love to relaunch. There are some ministries and things that we would love to do. But Lord, we are limited by people's limitations. People who have said, not me, 
not now. Somebody else will do it. But Lord, I believe your Holy Spirit is here to teach, to comfort, to counsel, and you're going to help us to launch out, to trust you, to allow you to, to empower us to go into a new season. Thank you, Lord, for what, you've do, you, what you've done and what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. Let's close in worship.